Welcome to this week's episode of the Two Point Culture. It's your man, Zach. That's my man, Chase, over there, sipping on something. I don't know what it is. Got, 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 a, big got a little rum and orange over here, man. Rum and orange. Nice. Spicing that up a little bit or no? Just nah, nah, nah. I went with the Appleton Estate. Oh, playa, playa. <laughs> <laughs> I had to leave the cookies on chill from the other, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how you doing today, brother? I'm good, man. Um, there's been a lot of movement, a lot of things we have to get into, obviously. Um, but I'm excited to be here, and I'm I'm in high spirits. How about you, man? Getting ready for a nice vacation break. Woo! Taking off, getting out of this cold here in Montreal. It's uh, it's a killer, man. <laughs> you you're living on a good day too. I think we're supposed to be getting uh about 25 to 30 centimeters of snow or something like that. So. I'll take it. Hopefully my plane gets off the runway. <laughs> oh, oh man. Hot but, from the uh, cabin. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm looking forward for a little R&R. And best part is I will be watching the Super Bowl in Mexico for the first time ever. <laughs> and it's going to feel weird. I'm not going to lie. Not being around the boys. For sure. But, but it should be a fun one. And Speaking of fun ones, we have to recap, which was a crazy weekend once again in the NFL. I it just seems to outdo itself. I don't know. Can could we have number one? Nothing. Nobody predicted the Bengals would be there. We all thought the Rams had an inkling because you know they went all in. And but wow, what a matchup this is going to be when we get to that point. But but even at that, like the. The Rams had to scrap and claw. This wasn't a, an easy victory, a walk in the park. This this was a dogfight between the two defenses. I mean, Jimmy G and Matt Stafford at one point played a game of hot potato and decided who wanted to give the ball, who wanted to do this first. But Jimmy, I mean, um, Stafford seems to have been doing that all playoffs almost. So, yeah, nothing like living on the edge. And not for nothing, we got another overtime game too. Yeah, again. Uh, this time it went a little different, though. Um, the the team that won the co- toss didn't win the game. It's funny too because it actually took 13 seconds to lose that game. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's fill the listeners in on if they missed it, which I hope they didn't, because if they did, they are living under a rock. For sure. My oh my, those Cincinnati Bengals, 27 to 24 in overtime on a McPherson kick to seal the deal. Thoughts on the game? So this game kind of went like the week 16 matchup. Whereas the Chiefs were up and then the Bengals being a second half team adjusted. And I don't know how the fuck they did this, but they held the Chiefs to three points an entire half after being down 21 to three and just came back to seal the win. So much like the rest of the world, my jaw was dropped when that upset happened. <laughs> How about you, man? What'd you think? So I, I mean, obviously like you, I was definitely shocked about this. I think we were messaging each other during the game um, at least early on mm-hmm. and I think we both had the same feeling. Oh man, Casey's going to run away with this. Yeah. If it wasn't for that 
that second quarter touchdown by the Bengals. Things right before were the half. Little, right before yeah, the half. Things were looking a little different. You know, there was a there was a different feel. I have to point something out though. In the regular season, Chiefs led the Bengals 28 to 14 before being outscored 20 to 3 and losing the game. Oh Jesus. Wow. Zach Taylor knows how to rally his boys and get them to play in the second half because this game, KC was up 21 to 3 before being outscored 24 to 3. Which says something else. I think I also saw something that uh, Patrick Mahomes' average release time this second was like just over the two second mark. And they got him to hold the ball to just one extra second. I believe it was like 3.3 seconds before his release. So, which is exactly what you want. It's a very scary moment too for Chiefs where you're like, you know, the rest of the world used to be afraid of the fact like, oh, great, Patrick Mahomes has the ball in his hand. How much, like, don't let him have it too long because it's going to be a problem to be like, to being like now, make him hold the ball because he's going to want to win it all and go for major shots. And when you tend to play football like that, you make mistakes. Yeah, and that's kind of where I'm going with this next um this is where I'm going with my, my thought process on this. Like I found in the first half, Mahomes is using his legs, but to get down the field, mm-hmm. you know, he would go through his reads. If read one and two were guard, like were covered, he'd use his legs to get out of trouble. And he was actually causing like a lot of fits for the Bengals defense, like just him escaping from the pocket and everything like that. Right. However, I found in the second half, like you said, he started to look for the big play. He was holding on to the ball. And instead of running downfield, he started running from side to side and right. backwards. And I think that's what ended up sealing the deal for him because there was a couple of times where they should have at least been in field goal range. And he either took a sack or, I don't know, gave the ball away, basically. <laughs> it just wasn't happening. To your point, I with that statement, I think right to the fourth quarter when we saw Butker getting ready to do like a chip shot kick and then yeah. that major sack happens and luckily for the Chiefs, they recovered the ball in the red zone. It could have been over right there. The Bengals could have sealed it in regulation had um, Joe Tooney didn't fall right on to the fumbled football. For sure. The other thing too I want to highlight is Mahomes finished... 26 39 for 275 yards, three touchdowns, and two interceptions. Mm-hmm. But in the second half and overtime, he went eight for 18 for 55 yards and two, two interceptions. Ooh. Yeah, no, that's uh, that that's Patrick, speaks. But that's Patrick Mahomes from the beginning of the season. Yeah, no, I understand. Like, that's something else. <laughs> That, those were the know. issues that were causing people to be like, oh, the Chiefs are, are, aren't as good as we thought they would be this season. And, you know, they controlled their own destiny for the most of the part of this game. I don't want to put all the blame on his shoulders, but it doesn't look good when you look at the stat line and, like, Kelsey had 95 yards, one touchdown. Tyreek Hill had 78 yards, one touchdown. McCole Hardman had 52 yards, one touchdown. So what went wrong in this game? It was just, I don't think it's something that went wrong. I think it was just the Bengals' defensive adjustments, one. And two, 
something that, and we'll talk about this as we get to the Super Bowl, because this front is just as scary as, or scarier than the Tennessee Titans in getting pressure. To beat Joe Burrow, you have to be able to rush four. It's the same thing that, it's the same thing that people used to say, hey, you got to beat Tom Brady. You've got to be able to rush four and cover the back end. Yeah. The other thing, too, that I thought just didn't work out for them was the run game. Yeah, that kind of dis- um, dissolved rather quickly. Like, I thought for sure Kansas City would run the ball a little bit more or at least mix it up, try to get maybe a run play action more involved. Nothing was going for them on the ground, at least. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know what happened. Honestly, like, this was one of the more shocking losses i would say oh and to highlight something really quick just as quickly as last week we praised eric b um, andy reed for his clock management as that first half dwindled they go for that screen pass to tyree kill it gets blown up and mahomes is calling for a timeout and there's no timeouts like so was he not aware of the situation of that they were going in and the Bengals are building momentum coming off of that huge touchdown from uh Joe Mixon, like, yeah. it, it kind of makes you question, oh, so they ditch game plans for a little bit and then fall back into old habits? Yeah, it was, a, it was just a strange – it was just a strange circumstance, and I think it kind of goes back to what you said. Um, going into this game, you had mentioned last week, okay, it was a huge win, but how, how much did that take out of them? Yeah that Buffalo game and they did look tired towards the end of this game. Like they looked exhausted and kudos to the Bengals for um, just grinding away. I mean, Cincinnati, like you said, their defense just held them in check. And it, it felt like, honestly, it felt like multiple times Mahomes was trying to make a play, but the coverage was so great for their defense. They just, it was like a blanket. Everybody yeah. was, Everybody was like out of the play on offense. Like there was no chance. Eli Apple has been fantastic for them. And boy, um, and boy, could that not have come better because he was getting killed on the internet. Yeah. Mike Hilton. Hendricks, too. Mike Hilton. Mike Hilton, yeah. especially because Mike Hilton was the reason that the Chiefs got into the red zone and won possession on holding Tyreek Hill, I believe. And yeah, then so. came right back with the interception to go right back on the other way. You have a Wouzier, too, that's also been stellar for them. Yes. I, I think they're one of the most underrated defenses that I've ever seen go to a Super Bowl. We just counted them out like they were nothing because of what we've seen over the year. But the truth is that that's a really good team, a really good second half team, especially. But. I don't think going forward with the team that they're going to have to face, they can be a second half team because if that gets out of hand quickly, that's going to be a very, well, I mean, Stafford has his issues too, but we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll get there on offense though. Let's go to, let's focus on the Bengals. They, like you said, they struggled in the first half, but they did come back strong in the second and, and Joe Burrow just continues to impress me. How cool, calm and just collective he is there. He's, he's picks apart defenses he has the weapons, but it's the way he distributes the ball that it puts him in above. It, it puts him above like the rest of the like some of the rest of the quarterbacks in this league. 
it feels like he's got like chemistry with every single receiver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it doesn't uh, matter. I mean, it helps with Jamar Chase, but like everybody else, like I know, but at the same time too, like Jamar Chase was was out, uh, was covered a couple of times and was kind of out of the play. And he's like, no problem. T. Higgins, here you go. Right. Yeah. T. T. Higgins had 103 yards on six yeah. receptions. And I thought a big part of this game would have relied more on CJ Usama. Yeah. Uh, Uzma, or sorry. Yeah. And to lose him early and to still put up a showing like that, like that just speaks one to Joe Burrow's calm, cool, and collectiveness, but two to Zach Taylor's game planning and adjustments with his offense. And they do have a wild card Swiss army knife. Like, I don't know what you was an ace in the hole that nobody wants to talk about. And that's Joe Mixon. That's right. Uh, I think Joe Mixon doesn't get talked about enough. And you know what? I'm going to come out on the record and say that I have criticized Joe Mixon before. You could probably listen to it in one of the earlier podcasts that we've done because I just wasn't a fan of Mixon. But right. I, I have to say, though, he he does what he has to do. He's in every he's in every down running back. Mm-hmm. And towards the end of the game, when they needed to pick up yards, he was mauling guys guy. over. He was the guy. Yeah, and you could see, and it felt like every carry, he was getting even more pumped up. The next carry, even more yards that he was that the defense was giving up to him. So that's that's tough to stop, man. When you have uh, two weapons like that, like Chase and Mixon, um, it's hard as a defense to try to plan and prepare to see who's getting the ball and and like, what's the formation going to be when you just don't know, like they have so many good weapons. And then let's, let's throw on top of that, that Joe Burrow is not scared to take off and run too. No, I, there was a couple of, and God forbid he slides. Even, eh? even in that first drive, like there was a massive third and 10 and he just picked it up with his legs and was like, okay, let's keep the chains moving. We have to keep going downfield because that's the crazy thing. When you, it's a second year quarterback, obviously never been in this position, only playing five to six games last year. And then to come back and to put out this kind of a performance over the season, it's just astounding. Absolutely. Uh, we did talk about earlier in the season, how the chiefs defense was their Achilles heel though. They gave up big points at key moments of the games. And once again, I think came back and bit them in the ass in this one. Absolutely. It's going to be interesting to see what the chiefs do going forward. Obviously, there's things that they have to assess, safety, uh, linebacker, maybe even D-line a little bit. But it's going uh, to be, one, one of the most interesting off-seasons to watch because what does Andy do? And number two, what Mahomes are we getting going forward? And that's the other thing too, right? Like Mahomes' contract starting to kick in, but the salary is going to get a little higher. It's going to be harder to bring back guys. You're going to have to kind of go – bargain bin shopping and try to get guys to come come for minimum to to play for Patrick Mahomes it's possible that that could happen but let's see what the Chiefs have to do going forward they're gonna have to be spending their money wisely here for sure and drafting properly too because that's going to be a huge part as they go forward like that's gonna be the thing that softens their blow against their cap is if they drop draft properly I wanted to ask you because you know we quickly all highlighted all the the uh, Josh Allen Mahomes comparison ver- as to verse Tom Brady and Peyton. Yeah. Did Joe Burrow just come in and say no? 
Like yeah. get Josh Allen's name out of here. I mean, Josh Allen could be the Ben Roethlisberger. At the end of the day, one of them is going to be Big Ben, and I think we'll see who, who's left standing on this one. Um, who knows? I mean, I think Burrow has at least edged his name above Allen. I don't know if it's above Mahomes just yet, but he has to be ahead of him as far as I'm concerned because he came further. Yeah. And he also beat out like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's, he beat the guy who beat Allen, right? Yeah, like that's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he's one of only two quarterbacks to defeat Tom uh, to defeat Patrick Mahomes postseason. Yeah, and that's a ridiculous stat. And like you said too, this is his second year. Yeah, this we have, I, the ceiling isn't the surface isn't even scratched yet to his full ceiling. But this is a guy that we have to realize he has a chip on his shoulder. Like he's grown up with this. This is not a guy who is spoon fed and you know, I don't want to make the comparison, but this is not a Trevor Lawrence situation no. where the guy literally came from high school to the college rankings and was already labeled the number one pick once he declares in three years or four right. years or whatever it was. It, it was like, somebody that was heavily counted out who fought through injury in college and then came back to well, the I mean the national championship. Let's let's not dance around the fact that like you're talking about an Ohio boy, yeah, goes to Ohio State, yeah, and they say, "Now we're cool. We're taking Dwayne Haskins over you," and he's like, "Okay, no problem. I'll just go down to LSU, win a national championship, a Heisman, by yep. the way, as well, um, and then oh, I'll go get drafted to my home state." Bring bring and, my bring my friend over here too. Yeah, at, a year later, I'll bring my friend over here. And oh, I'm in the Super Bowl, and there's a chance that I could do something that I don't know. As, I don't even know if that's ever been done before. No. I know there's only two people to win a, a national championship and a Super Bowl as a starting quarterback. And those I believe, are, I believe, they're both Joes. Oh, um, shoot. I believe they're both, it's Montana and, um, from the Jets, Joe Namath. Oh my God. I, why did I blank out on those two? Um, number one, that's not small company to be held in. Yes. So both Joes won a national championship and a Super Bowl. Namath won one with Bama and then Montana won one, I believe with Notre Dame. Right. But unlike those two. Joe Burrow, as you as you highlighted, gets to throw in the Heisman flex on them too. So yes. that's going to be that he could be the greatest Joe of all time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, he ain't no ordinary Joe. <laughs> um, speaking of no ordinary Joe, and this is why that's really great. So I didn't know this, but apparently in 2020, uh, the 2020 NFL draft, the Dolphins had three first round picks, and they were willing to give them all up for Burrow. Yeah. And they got hung up on. Because yeah. Cincinnati was like, no, this has been a very long, tedious building process. We've done the complete opposite of the Rams, whereas we built this from the ground up. And here they are now at the promised land. But like, how do you go against your fan base, trade that guy? Like, you're talking about a guy who's born in Ohio, who like everybody really, I don't know about you, but he is 
he feels like one of the more relatable football players for some yeah. reason. It's so weird too. Like you're like, I, I don't know why, but <laughs> well, he just seems like such a cool dude. Like <laughs> it's it's because he's not doing anything for social media attention. No, like he he tweets and he disappears, and like he's active for a little bit and he disappears. Do you remember what happened? And as we were talking about the draft, but do you remember the story that came out about Joe Burrow right before the draft? I'm gonna have to refresh my memory. They were like, "Hey, his uh, his hands are too small, so he's oh, not yeah, gonna be yeah. that great of a quarterback." And yeah. he came out and was like on Twitter and said, "I'm contemplating retirement over my small hands. Please keep me in your prayers." <laughs> and then he just disappeared, and you didn't hear from him again. And the next time, like if somebody saw that, and then the next time they saw Joe Burrow, they're like, "He's in the Super Bowl." Huh, suck that, Colin Coward. <laughs> what? What about his? Uh, what about his uh, jewelry? comment oh that was great i'm way too rich to be having fake diamonds yeah (laughs) how do you hate that guy you just can't he breeds confidence he he's sure of his abilities he's like i said he has that chip on his shoulder because he's been told multiple times that hey you don't have what it takes to be a starting quarterback or you're not going to be a big you're going to be a first round bust or yeah okay your rookie year was great but um you'll never come back from this injury he's like fuck you you know what i mean like let me just sling the ball and let's play like that's it i'm gonna quote i'm gonna quote marcel lewis right here and let this be a lesson to every nfl team the Bengals got the cooler uniforms and immediately won the afc do with this information (laughs) as you will (laughs) exactly oh that's so funny also let's give props to zach taylor he's done an excellent job and how funny is this? He's the first coach out of the Sean McVay tree. There it to be is. Playing in the Super Bowl. There it is. There it is. I also want to highlight the fact one thing about the Bengals that we didn't really pay attention to too much in the offseason or as the schedule was released. Remember this the Bengals only had one primetime game this year. That's no Sunday change. night, no Monday night. It was a Thursday night game. And now they're playing in the Super Bowl. That's going to change, eh, quick? Oh, it has to now. <laughs> um, the other thing, too, I wanted to highlight is if you're a free agent next year, this has got to be a destination. Oh, it's an incentive to go there. Because, like, this team is still fairly young. You have a lot of guys probably on rookie deals. At least your two biggest players are on rookie deals for the next, like, what, two, three years? Yeah, exactly. They Which can walk out. Great, cheap. They can walk out with maybe not, I won't say a Super Bowl, but they could at least walk out with maybe one or two Super Bowl appearances in the next three years. Yes. Yeah, probably. That's crazy. Um, also, let's highlight Trey Hendrickson. Yeah. So against the Chiefs, he had seven total pressures and two sacks. It was his second most pressures in the game this season and his first two sack game since week eight against the Jets. Do you remember when everybody said, why is he going to Cincy? Yes. <laughs> I feel like he's not regretting oh, that no, he, it's all. justifiable now <laughs> yeah good for him good for the Bengals. all right let's switch sides though let's go to the rams 49ers oh boy <laughs> well, that's, I have something, that sums it up <laughs> i have something to elaborate on so the rams win 20 to 17 there is no robbie gould kick to send them to uh, overtime or to win the game for the Niners this time. Jimmy G finally Jimmy G'd. 
And the rest is history. Matthew Stafford is finally going to the big game. Hey, uh, Sean McVay got that monkey off his back of going six and oh and six against his best friend in the last six meetings to been the one that mattered the most to go to the Super Bowl. So can't really Absolutely. knock that. So you want to hear a really bad Kyle Shanahan stat? Oh, please. Kyle Shanahan in fourth quarters of his last three playoff losses as a head coach slash OC. 2016 versus the Patriots, he was outscored 19 to nothing. Ooh. 2019 against the, against the Chiefs, he was outscored 21 nothing. And against the Rams, 2021, he was outscored 13 nothing. That's 53 and zero. His offense has not put up a single point in the fourth quarter on games that Yo. he's lost. I also have another stat to go with that. So away teams in the AFC championship game or NFC championship game, I should say yep. too. Um, road teams are 0-4 with that loss with the Niners. They're now 0-5 if you're on the road. My, so and that's, that's half- teams that have won three games prior to get to the AFC championship on the road. That, that, but like, what do you? Where do you go from here now for the Niners? Trey Lance. Unfortunately, this is why you moved up to third to to get this player because you knew what Jimmy's ceiling was, and here we are. It's not a knock against Jimmy. Jimmy is a middle of the pack quarterback, but that's still a very good quarterback in the NFL. The other side of it is you know what his limitations are, and we've seen that already through the years. So, um despite his winning playoff record, despite the Niners' best efforts, the, they're already situating to look for a deal for Jimmy G now. Yeah. Before we get into that, uh, before we get on to the Jimmy G talk, of course, let's just go through this game here. I mean, I thought the run would be a little bit more of a factor it was not a factor no. in this game. I think the game plan for the Rams was let's make Jimmy G throw the ball. Right. Let's let him beat us through the air. And for the most part, he was having himself a bit of a game until that interception. <laughs> and you know what? I won't even put the interception on him. It's a good defensive pressure by the defense. Obviously, Aaron Donald and company – featuring Vaughn Miller is no easy thing to escape, mm-hmm. but it was, it was a good defensive front and not for nothing. The Rams defense wait or the Rams way to pull somebody off of the couch from two years ago. And oh, Weddle. yeah. <laughs> and Weddle had a huge game. I think he was their leading tackler. He was, he had the most tackles in the game. So you pull him off the couch. He causes pure mayhem. And <laughs> it's literally so good for Eric Weddle because Eric Weddle hasn't been to the AFC championship since the Chargers played the Patriots. That's true. Yeah. Like kudos to that entire defense as a whole. <laughs> so yeah, Weddle had four tackles and five assisted tackles. Yeah, there it is. So we had nine. <laughs> he was in for nine, nine tackles. Yeah, let's back to the 49ers though. It just felt like this. The offense just kind of ran out of gas. I, if it, honestly, it felt like they they finally played a defense that was able to stop what they were doing, and that unfortunately they just couldn't eat. Like 
squeak one out like they had been yeah. previously. If, if Jimmy didn't sail that ball to George Kittle on that drive, this might be an entirely different discussion and we might be talking about history actually repeating itself with the Bengals playing the Niners the last time that they went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. But here we are dealing with the Rams. I mean, yeah, I don't want to harp on this too much. I just find that like right now, like I'm curious. I'm curious to see what San Fran is going to do going into the off season, because it's funny. I was actually listening to Schrager the mm-hmm. other day and he brought up a great point. He's like, don't you find it funny though that like nobody's ranting and raving about Trey Lance? Sure, but I think the other f- part of that is that we haven't really seen him. Like he got more exposure than I, I agree Patrick, than Patrick Mahomes did when he first started that week seventeen, week sixteen game versus um, the Denver Broncos when Von Miller was like, "Oh, that's that dude over there," right. But what I'm what I'm trying to get at here is that like I understand that they're going to Trey Lance, but don't be surprised if they bring in a backup who's capable of being a starter. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, to kind of be there as a safety blanket just in case, right? Of course. So I, I think everybody who's expecting Trey Lance to take a massive step and and dominate next year, it I don't know if that's going to happen. Like time will tell on that one. So two plot twists. Do you think that one that the Niners sign Jameis Winston as a backup or two plot twist? And we'll get into this conversation later. Do you think Brady comes out of retirement and signs with his childhood team, the Niners? Uh, I'm going to say no and no. (laughs) I will say that maybe like, maybe they go after a guy like Mitch Trubisky though. Right. Fair. He's only on a one-year deal, too, I believe, behind Josh Allen. So, Yeah, it's a quarterback that I think could come in, be a solid backup, and if needed, he could probably play some minutes. And he might actually benefit. In yeah, the, especially uh, with an offensive the line. Hand. The other name that you can throw in there, too, is Gardner Minshew, because I believe by his Instagram post that he will be out of Philadelphia before next season. And there's another guy, too, that kind of fits that that mold of, like, Hey, I, I know he wants to play and you know he wants to start, but he, I think he kind of understands where he's going right in his career. It, it doesn't look like he's gonna be a starter unless he he manages to get hot somewhere. And I, I just don't know if that's gonna happen. Correct. I I 100 percent concur on this. With that being said, possible suitors for Jimmy G. Uh there's a few out there right now. You have the Washington football team. That right away comes to mind. You have the Is Sam's that their team. name? I mean, oh, I mean the Washington commissioners. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, as commanders? Like, commanders. What? That's the one. <laughs> uh, yeah, Washington. Uh, Got to think New Orleans a little bit because New Orleans is going to need a quarterback. Uh, the I- running is also open in, in Pittsburgh for them, so... You know, there's, I think there's... Pitts, yeah, I think Pittsburgh would be a good would be a good fit. Obviously, Denver if they don't if they don't get um, Aaron, that could yes. also be yes a good place. I'd also like to see, honestly speaking, Jimmy G and Green Bay wouldn't wouldn't be a bad fit too if if they do move off from Aaron. 
how quick before Matt LaFleur gets fed up. What if Kyle Shanahan's like, don't do it? <laughs> Imagine they're on, they're on like, a I mean, they're friends, chain. they're friends. So, you know, you know, which quarterback I'm actually, I don't want to get too off topic, but one quarterback that I'm kind of curious to see if he gets any traction and that's Who's Jared that? Goff. I think he'll be back in Detroit just by the market. Yeah, I thought so too, but like, I feel like a team who's really desperate might get a little crazy. Like Tampa, what if Tampa goes after them? You don't think it's the Rosen one's time? <laughs> it's playing Gabbard, if anything. <laughs> <laughs> Gabbard and Trask, Kyle Trask. <laughs> Left, which is going to be like, hey, I didn't sign up for uh, Blake Bortles 2.0. <laughs> yeah, he will. Leftwich has his own <laughs> problems right now. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I thought he, I thought he was going to be a head coach, but I guess not. <laughs> I mean, Jacksonville uh, is still up for grabs, so. Yeah, I know, but that situation's a little messed up. I don't know if you heard about the bulky issue. So please elaborate. So Balky now doesn't want to step down or doesn't want to, he's trying to basically oh, like, keep his wait. It gets better. He wants to hire an assistant GM that will handle the day-to-day operations that a GM would, uh, but he wants more say on the players on the field. So he I don't like this to, fitting already. <laughs> it's terrible. Like, I don't know that, that we're going to, you know what though? Good. I'm glad that the organization's in shambles. You should be happy for that, Zach. I don't know what you were saying. Like, no, this is the one thing you should be wishing upon your enemies. Oh, I am. 100%. Okay, let's go back to the Rams, though, in this game. Okay. I think we need to talk about this. So Stafford in the first half, he was 14 for 24, 130 yards uh, through the air, one touchdown, one interception. Mm -hmm. Then he put on his Superman cape. Never works Stafford out. In the sec- Stafford in the second half went 17 for 21, 207 yards and one touchdown. He was 11 for 11 on passes to Odell and Cup. I think I'd seen too by the, by halftime, they had run, they had 14 first downs. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. So the numbers didn't lie. This, the game wasn't as close as the scoreboard said it was. No, exactly. Um, kudos to the Niners. They also took out the run game from the Rams. Cam Akers only had 48 yards. I kind of thought that he would at least get to 60, but yeah. Time will tell. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's not even that. It's just <laughs> Stafford proved that he's like, I can beat you with my arm. I think there was also that lingering feeling from the week prior with right. the fumbling issues and everything that I don't know if the Rams trust acres down the stretch in crunch time. I mean, that's another issue in itself. I'm that one. I can't call just yet, but you have to have concerns, especially this week. I know he got injured this week too. So that probably was part of the reason why he was sidelined a little bit more, but that the fumbles in the bucks game, there's, there's some concerning issues there. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go to the receivers here. Cooper Cup, 142 yards, two touchdowns, just a regular day at the office. Odell Beckham Jr., 
113 yards. I know this is really early, but is Odell Beckham Sr. like dad of the year? Oh, by far. He went out, <laughs> he went out and said, yo, look at all the things that Baker Mayfield isn't doing with my son. <laughs> Did you see the meme of Odell consoling Debo? And he wrote, like, yeah, now you understand what it's like to play with a quarterback who, who can't throw the ball. <laughs> um, if you're Baker Mayfield, how sulky are you now? <laughs> Uh, super, because I think it's kind of now come to light that if he doesn't have a good season with the Browns, like he's gone. Yeah, fair enough. You also have to couple in the fact, and we're just because we're on Odell, and I know uh, the Bitcoin take was a knock on him. We also have to recognize the fact that just in the playoffs alone, he's made $2 million in incentives. So... And not only that, too, I mean, he's still getting paid from his last job as well, right? Right, which actually he took 50% of that in Bitcoin, too, but I'm sure the market was in, was higher, and that was never discussed as we discussed the Rams contract. Honestly, I'm not really worried about Odell Beckham Jr.'s spending pockets. habits or <laughs> pockets. Like, the guy's doing all right for himself. And I think you know he's the good. Crazy, yeah, and the crazy part is he's about to make even more money this offseason because yeah. – Let's just say the Rams say, like, thanks, but no thanks. Another team will definitely offer him. 100%. I don't know. He, he might be the – I won't say he's going to be the highest paid wide receiver just because I think Devontae Adams might get franchise tagged. But Odell might end up being the highest paid receiver on the market when it's all said and done. He might. I mean, Devontae Adams is driving a pretty hard bargain. I don't know if you saw the number that was circulating that he wants. I, yeah, I, but that's – I think he's going to get franchise tagged, and I think that's going to be one year. So if that happens – Dude, imagine we get one year without Devontae Adams in football. It's a possibility. We've seen it. Because we've also seen this too where teams go tell the player, like, we'll franchise tag you and then we'll look to move you, and then they never do. Allen Robinson last year. Yes case in point yes so we'll see what happens uh one thing i would say is very concerning for the rams tyler higby yeah uh diagnosis an mcl sprain just like cj sama both have a chance to play and i think that the week off the extended downtime will definitely help their cases between the two who do you think is a bigger loss oh i think it's going to be cj because you know, I, the Rams still have all those weapons. And that's not to say anything about the Cincinnati offensive weapons that are around them, but CJ Osama, Osama just kind of ties that all together. I expected him to have a big day versus KC, but unfortunately that wasn't the case as he had to leave and get carted off. Yeah, I think I'm going to agree with you on this one. I think he kind of rounds out their offense. He's a big red zone target too, right? Yeah. And you need all the targets you can get on checkdowns and clearouts because, as we, as I aforementioned, you know the Titans' defense was able to get a lot of pressure by rushing four, and the Rams are certainly going to be able to do that in this game. That being said, this is the fun part. This Super Bowl will have the lowest seeded teams ever to play against each other. Wow! It's also the first time two first overall picks are playing in the Super Bowl in Stafford and Burrow. I'm so curious to see 
how many teams going forward, they, they saw the success of the Rams and what they're doing with like trading their picks and everything like that. I, if there's a quarterback on the market, which there is from what we've heard or could be, you know, so from what we if, speculate. <laughs> yeah. Speculation, obviously, but you know, if a Russ or Deshaun, if he's cleared of his charges or an Aaron Rodgers is available teams, you got to think about it, man. Like you have to think about maybe mortgaging up your future for your, instant success because clearly it pays off for sure in the right circumstance and to your point and just because this is all relevant too and especially with deshaun watson i saw darius slay caping for deshaun watson to go to the bucks i'd be a great place get him far out of my division as possible (laughs) keep him away from mine i'm good i'm good too yeah i don't think he's going to yours (laughs) um all right with that being said, since I am not going to be here next week, we're going to have a new guest coming in and talking football, specifically Packers, which I have a feeling you're going to grill him on Packer questions. A hundred percent. Aaron Rodgers questions. A hundred percent. Okay. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Uh, I think you're also, and then both of you are going to give your their, your take on the Super Bowl, who you think is going to win the Super Bowl, and what's going to happen. So before I answer, who I think is going to win, do you have any questions for me? Anything you want to pick my brain about? Specifically, no. I'm just curious about your thoughts as a, as a broad of the Super Bowl matchup. I'm obviously going to want your winner and possible score. You can also okay. hold on that for now and text that in. That's fine. No, no. Well, I'll give you one. I might as well. I do like, I like the matchup. I think you're in for a more offensive game. I'm not saying it's going to be a high scoring game, but I just think you're going to at least see the ball being moved down the field, specifically through the air on both sides. Uh, Rams defense is, <laughs> I mean, Rams defense is exactly what's advertised. They are a scary defense. They come at you in waves. Gold jackets everywhere. I do have some, I guess, I have some slight concerns in their secondary. I will right. say that just because I know they have Ramsey, but it's very easy to move players away from him and take, take that side of the football away from them. Uh, especially when you have targets like the Bengals do right on the flip side. I think that I, I like, obviously I like the Bengals defense, but I also question, uh, I guess some of the, the big game experience that they have. I also think that the Rams have the best receiver in football right now in Cooper Cup. Okay. He's going to be deadly. You all, I, I mean, look, what, do you go into a game and you're just like, okay, let's just try to hold them to like 120 yards. Like, what do you do? <laughs> What's the plan here? Right. Like, like, how do you stop this guy? I mean, he gets <laughs> wide open either way. Exactly. For, some, for somehow like teams haven't figured out we have to stick with this guy and our two men actually has to rotate over. That's the other thing. That's a disadvantage. Like you can't roll over to Cooper cup when, 
Odell Beckham's tearing you guys a new one. Like, yeah, and Kendall Blanton has been steadily very good the last couple of weeks too. Yeah. I mean, I know Jefferson got hurt, but Jefferson's always somebody you have to kind of keep an eye on as well. Man, I had a oof. All right, Zach, who's your winner? Let's get to it, buddy. I want to know, who, who do you got? I said to you in the pod last week that if they win, I have to go with them. So I am taking the Cincinnati Bengals Whoa! to beat the Rams 27-24. Wow. I like that. It's a good score, too. And the reason why is I think that kid's got something, that kicker. McPherson has the ice in his veins, man. Yeah, and I think he's going to hit it to win it. Is there a more complimentary piece to Joe Burrow on special teams than as Evan McPherson? Speaking of which, Packers fired the special teams coordinator today. There it is. (laughs) We could have called that one. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. (laughs) I, I love the Matthew Stafford story. I don't think, personally, whether he wins the Super Bowl or not, I think he's proven that he could get it done. Um, honestly, I'm going to be happy no matter what happens. I, I like both teams. I like both quarterbacks. Obviously, Joe can probably win one, not this year, but any other year. So Stafford, the time's kind of running out. So it's, it's kind of nice to see him. But at the same time, too, you know, Joe wins the Super Bowl. This, this opens up a complete different conversation that we're going to be having for the next five, six years. And it's, it could be fun as well. So honestly, I don't, as a fan, uh, an unbiased fan, I would say this is the perfect matchup. I wanted something different. I didn't want to see personally. I didn't really want to see Casey or Tampa Bay in there. I know it's fun, but you know, something new is always good. And I I think this is going to get the eyes on the product. Something to keep an eye on too, is that like Cincy fans are fleeing to get to LA right now. I I expect a pretty good fan base from the Cincy faithful over there. Nice show out. Well, yeah. We saw the amount of Rams, um, I mean, Niners fans that were there on Sunday. So we, we forget. I know it's a home game for the Rams, but the Rams are actually going to be the away team. True. They are going to have their locker room though, regardless. But people forget that when you're hosting the Super Bowl, it doesn't necessarily mean that all your fans are going to be there because most of those seats are bought by corporate uh, exactly executives, right? Exactly. How funny is it, though, that we went so long without seeing a home team host the Super Bowl and we went back-to-back years? That's pretty incredible. It's almost as great as um, Stafford and Eminem performing in the Super Bowl, and that's the closest thing that the Detroit Lions will have to a Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, shots are... I will say this, though. The city of Detroit's pulling from Matthew Stafford. We For sure. Know that. For sure. He didn't leave on a sour note, so... No. He still has a lot of ties to over there. But sorry, Rams fans. I'm going to go... I got to go Cincy on this one. I, just, I... just to add just to a little commentary to this, um, I'm going to be honest with you right now. I'm Rob Lowe. <laughs> I, I don't have a dog in this fight. I don't have a pick. You guys will hear my pick next week. But right he now, says, I'm not mad at either team that's listeners, in there. He says this, but Rob Lowe was spotted with the Rams. Hat, so. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, the old Rob Lowe, the one who was there with the NFL. <laughs> uh, but I mean, um, without giving too much away for next week's episode, though, like, I, I think you feel the same in a sense, you feel the same way in terms of like something new, something different. Of course. I, 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 it would have been, I mean, it's always it was predictable. It was predictable to have Mahomes this year if the Chiefs yeah. had actually followed it through. So the breath, the breath of fresh air is great not seeing another Brady Super Bowl is good but now it's going to be weird because we realized that last year was his last one so let's segue into that all right let's go let's talk about big T the goat retires 22 uh, I <laughs> how crazy is it to think that the NFL next year will not have Tom Brady playing? I can't see it. It feels weird, eh? <laughs> I can't like, see just... it. I can't see it. I, like the season's gonna have to start, and by like week seven, week eight, I'm gonna be like, "There's wow, still a chance. There's still really, a chance. He's really not coming back." But like, I don't know, man. I mean, Eric Weddle spent two years on the couch, but he wasn't 44 years old either. So <laughs> that's the thing, and I think Giselle has been pushing him to to be. To your point, I mean, he told Giselle five years, 12 years ago. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think, I think Giselle kind of told him, listen, you, you want to save this marriage? <laughs> you need to start being supportive of my. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, exactly. Um, honestly, like, it feels, it's going to feel weird, but at the same time, too, like, what else is there left for him to accomplish? He's done it all. I know he wants to get himself up in the greats category, and he has already. He's there. He, yeah, exactly. And he's revolutionized the position, right? Like, of course. I don't think, I don't think any rookie coming into the league doesn't have to have, I mean, they have to have some trait that kind of resembles Tom Brady via, you know, be it the chip on the shoulder, the accuracy, the deep ball, like there's something like Brady just had it all. Right. And then the clutch gene, like, it's ridiculous to see. And it's kind of funny because when you talk about clutch genes and you talk about like Joe Burrow, you're kind of like, is Joe Burrow the next Tom is he the Brady? No, I don't want to go there. I mean, Tom I, sang his praises really highly and said, you know, you have some things that I didn't have at your age. Oh, you know, and the other thing too, is that Brady had Vinatieri and true. Joe's got Evan. <laughs> I mean, if we want to really bring this full circle, remember Tom Brady's uh, Super Bowl in his second year was against the Rams. Ah. And, and here we go with Joe Burrow, second year against the here, Rams. <laughs> here we go. But honestly, like, I don't know what else to say. I mean, the guy, the guy deserves everything. He, he has been a great ambassador for the game as well. Like, he's somebody that, trust me, he pissed me off playing, <laughs> playing against <laughs> watching him. Up close and personal, eh? Ah. <laughs> uh, Dude, how many times I went to bed heartbroken because of that guy? Like, it's ridiculous. Well, um, Zach, this should cheer you up a little bit. There are five teams that have never beaten Tom Brady in his 22-year career. That's ridiculous. Which teams are they? Do you know? Or I, I do. I have them in front of me. And I have the records. Let's go. Okay. Go. Do you, actually, do you want the best to worst record, or do you want it just in the order I have it? Do best to worst. Okay. So, 0-1, the New England Patriots. Yeah, which makes sense. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Also, 0-6, okay. 
the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> Tied with right? the Vikings at 0-6 is the Dallas Cowboys. I had a feeling the Cowboys were up there, yeah. And finally, 0-10, the Atlanta Falcons. It's like that time they were up 28. To, no, kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, imagine he just he went there and he's like, no, I'm just going to go scorched earth on Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, though, great career. I, I just personally, I don't think there's anything else for him to do. And if you already have one foot out the door, you might as well put two because it, it, I think the worst thing that could have happened for him. I know people are saying, well, you went out with the pick from from Jalen. Yeah, but. At the end of the day, like, what if next year he does decline, and then we have that lasting memory of him going want, out? Yeah, you don't just, really want to see him go out like that. I mean, I know like it was bittersweet for Peyton Manning, right? Because yes, he went out with the Super Bowl, but it wasn't yeah. a great year. Like, it was not good well, statistically at all for him. Well, look at Big Ben this year, right? That like, too. I mean. You can make an argument that the Steelers have a better quarterback. They go a little further into the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. But that's the glass half full of things, right? So you never know until you're there. And no. you're, I, I would rather see Tom walk out on his own terms than opposed to one either being scarily injured because I thought for a while that's the thing that would end his career. Or two, yeah. um, you know, just on a sour note, like not looking like Tom Brady. I read something, but I don't know if it's true or not. I don't know if you saw it, but there was a report saying that he was going to sign a contract to retire a, uh, a pat. I hadn't seen it, but I'd, I, I would assume that. I don't know if that's confirmed or not. My money would be on yes. I, I actually thought that. Did you think it was that. interesting that he didn't mention New England? I didn't catch it at first. I just don't think that there's any bad blood with the organization. I know, once again, like speaking of sour terms, which is how he left that probably Mm -hmm. Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick. But I don't think it's a personal thing. And, you know, I'm sure he'll be signing a one-day contract to retire a Patriot, and that's when we'll get the New England thank you. What if he replaces Josh Josh McDaniels as the offensive coordinator on that squad? He can't. (laughs) <laughs> he can't he can't you know how mad he's gonna be well i mean mac jones is uh who mac jones um, <laughs> no but like maybe the closest thing to a carbon print of tom brady in a young age i would say in that uniform might be mac jones don't hold me to this i'm subject to change my mind at future times but that might be the quarterback or the offensive coordinator he needs to correct him, or QB coach. Yeah, I just think that he's going to – personally, I, I don't think he's going to go into coaching, at least right away, but no. who knows, down the, in the future maybe, right? He might have that itch to get back to the game in some in a different capacity, right? Dude, how good of an analyst would he be, though, on like oh, – I, I think every major network right now is backing up the brink truck. For sure, especially if Troy Aikman's out in Fox, like, go get yourself a Tom Brady. I'm gonna throw an I'm gonna throw one network. It's not even network, it's just a multi-million dollar business that I think could really benefit from them. And that's Amazon. If Amazon oh, Jesus, yeah. If Amazon's serious about their whole NFL 
pitch and like building for the future and getting more and more games, having Brady on as an analyst would be fantastic for their sport. That and he'd be in great company because he'd have Chris Long, Malcolm Jenkins, I believe Andrew Thomas, Joe, uh, Andrew Hawkins, Joe Thomas. Yeah, he'd be up there with some names too, like, and he would be the icing on the cake for that cast. It's it, honestly like I'm very, I'm Seriously. excited actually. Honestly, I'm very excited right now with what the future holds because I mean, I don't want to dive into it too much, but like Schefter's contracts coming up at, at uh, ESPN, you have Woj at ESPN, whose contract's coming up in basketball. Shams, too, is coming up yeah. for the athletic. Like, those are major players. I've heard that Kay Adams' is, his contract is also up, too. Oh, that yeah. should be interesting. Actually, she's associated with Amazon, too, already, so she has a leg up there. And yeah, apparently, she, like, hers is coming up in May as well. Oh, okay. So after this summer, we could see a dynamic shift. And the crazy part is these bookie sites, like, FanDuel, DraftKings, and everything. Right. They're coming in hard too. And they're getting guys to come and join up with them to run sure. shows and, and 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 get more eyes on the product. And yeah, there's some gambling, but there's a lot of news and headlines that go into some of the picking of you know some of the, the gambling lines and everything like that. So right. when you imagine having a chef through on DraftKings or FanDuel, that's huge for them. Yeah, it'd be a massive and if they sign one of those and they open up the door for the next wave of either insiders or analysts, like it's going to be a really interesting time and a really interesting um, dynamic shift going forward for sure. And think about how much creative freedom that these guys could have yeah. not being like shackled by a major network, right? Like you could go, you could be a writer for FanDuel, break all your news and everything like that, but you could still make guest appearances on like Pat McAfee show for sure. on two point culture on uh god knows what you know what i mean like anything like you're free to do whatever you want i'm messaging but you're chef. also <laughs> I'm, mess- I'm messaging Schefter at the end of this message <laughs> <laughs> at the end of this episode uh, adam Schefter will i'll be in your dms buddy speaking of shefty what did you think about the uh leaking of the like honestly i don't care i i know people are pissed off but like who cares about this whole long video whatever like i well to your point i mean <laughs> Listen, if I'm Schefter and I have that story, I don't care who's in front of me. I'm Tom Brady of what I do. <laughs> so, right? yeah, I'm leaking. And if you don't do it, somebody else is going to do it. You're right. Give me my credibility. I, and I, listen, I'm not a huge uh, Schefter fan. Like, I, I mean, I, I admire his work, but like, he's also the guy that broke the Andrew Luck news midway fair. through the game. Which He doesn't always bring good news with him. <laughs> No, and unfortunately, Luck got booed out of the building that night on his retirement um, game, I guess you would call it, um, because of a stupid report that came out because somebody was trying to jump the gun. But at the same time, too, like that's his job. Like, that's yeah. what he's paid for. And as a journalist, like if you have credible information, you have to run with it sometimes. Yeah, so of course. It, it sucks to say this, but you do what you have to do. And at the end of the day, don't forget, it's not just Sheffy, it's his editor had to yep. approve that. Yeah. Ah, so. uh, man. I'm not mad at Ch- Shefty at all for doing what he did because, like I said, he's he's the GOAT of that right now. Like, that's that's his title. Uh, 
before we like move off onto another huge breaking news in the NFL, I kind of want to give you one last, I kind of want to get your one last thought on uh, actually two last thoughts here. One is which decade of Tom Brady are you going to remember the most? Definitely the second. The first, I was the first 10 years of Tom Brady, especially maybe even closer to 11, 12, 13. If you go up, I, I like you couldn't stand him. And that was because of that Super Bowl <laughs> once upon a time where Terrell Owens was running on a broken leg and scorched earth. Yeah. Okay. okay we, we got it. We get it. Yeah. 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 All that, all that, all that, but you guys I mean, got your revenge. You guys got your exactly. revenge. We're one and one, yeah. but I just to watch, you know, the numbers get better as he got older and to never really see the decline, even with lack of uh, weapons around him in new England, mm-hmm. which might've been one of the biggest reasons he ended up leaving. No, it's, it's remarkable to watch man. And I, the super bowl over Marshawn Lynch, the, the coming back from 28 to three with three minutes in the fourth quarter. It's the second half of Tom Brady is the, like the full story of him. I think. Uh, I agree with you. I think it's honestly, if I have to pick any game, it's the Atlanta game. That's yeah. the one that, that and that's always... probably the Super Bowl he cherishes the most because that's the greatest comeback ever. Yeah, man. So wait, hold on. So you had Atlanta. Yep. L.A. Yep. St. Louis. Yep. Philly. Yep. I'm forgetting Carol- that. Carolina. Carolina. Yep. Hold on. Who was the first one that he went to against? Oh, Seattle's the last one for six. Seattle. Yeah. And then. I thought he went seven. Oh, and then yeah, the Bucks. Ten, the yeah, Bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. And even, <laughs> and even so, there's three more Super Bowls in there. Like, obviously, those are L's that we aren't discussing, but like, he went to 10 Super Bowls. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How crazy he is went, that? He went to 10 Super Bowls. Like, he went to more Super Bowls than probably teams have seen in franchises. Like, <laughs> I saw like a ridiculous stat that was like in the past 18 years, a Super Bowl has featured, besides this year, obviously. Yes. A Super Bowl has featured Mahomes. Wait, was it Mahomes? No, I don't even think it was Mahomes. I think it was Roethlisberger, Brady, uh, Manning. Rogers. No, Roethlisberger, Brady, Manning, and the 49ers. 49ers. <laughs> yeah. And the 49ers. So yeah. It's insane. It's going to be crazy, man. For this, and it's the actually the dawn of the new era because we're at a point where none of them are here. It could have been the Niners, but hey, nope, 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 nope. All right, let's get into. Oh, and then my other question too that I had for you is: Yes, catcher fade. Do you think this is Gronk's last hurrah? This is his final season, or do you think he retires? I don't know. I know how vocal he's been about Tom Brady being his quarterback. I know he has said both I'd be open to a return or, and I should say, and if they had to ask me right now, I would say no. So it's very hard to read, but maybe I'm going to be optimistic here. I'm going to say we see Gronkowski somewhere. And he's a free agent. No, I, I don't think so. I think he's done. I think it's Brady or any or or nothing, and I think he's 
made his bed with this one. So I don't wh- why continue playing. This guy could go back to the WWE. This guy could go party it up on a freaking yacht somewhere and charge people an arm and a leg to get hammered and <laughs> do gronk things, right? Like right. He, he is a, a marketing tool, mm-hmm. not personally, but uh, like he's just a brand, like right. Yeah. Like and why take a bunch of hits when you could keep at least you know you're you're healthy you're for the most part like why go out and risk your life for another chance at a super bowl doesn't make sense with a with a quarterback that you gonna have to build a report with that just just retire right off into the sunset and who knows maybe you'll have like a cool show with brady in a couple of years my uh my my question for you is: Do you think that Tom Brady got made made sure that Gronk was a USAA member before he retired? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> oh. All right, let's get into this Flores situation because this is developing news that I think is just blowing up. And I mean, we've both kind of questioned this multiple times. Mm-hmm. Actually, we quite we we talked about this, I think, a couple of weeks ago too on this podcast. Right. What the hell is going on with this like Rooney rule? Like it's not being honored. Like it, it's been pretty obvious, like from the get-go. It, it's and scapegoating. It is. And Brian Flores now has just basically ripped off the band-aid and kind of showed the world, like, check out this. Um so for those of you who don't know, Brian Flores has filed a lawsuit against the New York Giants saying that the team basically gave him a sham interview and hired Brian Dayball, but was going to honor their interview with Flores to honor or to extort the Rooney rule a little bit. And number two, let me just say this. I think it's really fucking sad. We're at a point especially still within the NFL and all the things concerning racism around it, that we actually have to reward team for interviewing minority candidates. I think that that is a crock of shit. I I don't agree with that because once again, we found out that many teams found another way to exploit this. Uh, I don't know how much of the lawsuit you read, but I read quite a bit of it. Um, you know, he highlights getting the text message and finding out that he didn't get the job and that Dayball got the job from a text from Bill Belichick when Bill Belichick meant to text Dayball, congratulations. Then you have the fact that he talks about the Denver Broncos and the Bronco, he said that Elway and company showed up hungover to his meeting and it was just kind of over and done with before they chose to hire Vic Fangio. And then you couple that with the possibility of what's the word um cross and the dolphins yeah exactly where they were talking about um what's the word i'm looking for here uh when you're approaching somebody before it's time on the off season oh uh tampering tampering yeah so he's like oh i'm not poaching he was trying to poach yeah exactly and it was like, listen, I'm not okay with this. I don't want to do it. And then Ross set up a meeting and was like, oh, look at that. The people we want to talk to are right here anyways. So yeah, Flores has 
a lot. And I also like Brian Flores realizing like, hey, maybe this is my big moment where this ends my career as a coach. Yeah, I mean, ballsy on his end. I think it's a really – this could be a black eye on the NFL, honestly. Um, specifically, if it's actually been proven that Ross bribed him. Yeah. I mean, that's that's fixing. Yeah. Like, that's an offense. That's – as far as I'm concerned, from from Pete Rose, that's considered – you should be banned from life for from the game. Right. <laughs> he should not be a part of football. So therefore the Miami Dolphins should be up for sale as far as I'm concerned. Throw <laughs> um, them up there with the Denver Broncos. <laughs> I'm going to say this though. The timing of this is very bizarre. Okay. I don't know if it was calculated that way or if it, the news just broke, but in the last say what four or five days maybe a little bit more we have the giants hiring Dable. yeah we have the today we have the broncos going up for sale yeah where their owner who bought the team for 78 million dollars is now selling it for four billion yes billion dollars so i don't want to hear anybody complain uh, that the players are getting paid too high let's stop that right now yes um, and then the Brady retirement. Hmm. Isn't it a bit weird that there's, and I think Rappaport was the one who came out and said that apparently the, the quarterback that they wanted, that he was tampering with was Tom Brady. Well, doesn't that come full circle? So what I want to know is has this story been developing for a while and they've been sitting on it or how is this just timing? Like this is this just happened to have gotten um, out there and leaked, you know, um, kind of like by coincidence or not. Like, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I just found this was a little bit funny when I saw this. I was like, hmm, this is we're gonna, odd. We're going to need a little bit more time before we get a definitive answer of that because this story is only we like are. 12 years old, uh, 12 hours old. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we're going to need a little bit more time right now. If I'm just, you know, calling a spade a spade, actually, I have to stop saying that because that's a racial term. Um, <laughs> there's your Black History Month fun fact of the week. Oh, by the way, that was the other <laughs> It's February 1st. Yeah, Black History Month. I know, I know. And Flora has... Flores chose violence, according to Woody. <laughs> yeah, you know what? This, you know what? We're gonna commemorate our people. Fuck the league. <laughs> yeah. But Fuck, no, I think I, I think it's just um, I think it's more so a result of just coincidence, more so than actual timing. I, on Tom Brady's part, I think everything else around it might be uh, in stride. Because we've seen how this goes, right? We've seen people step down before the seat gets too hot, like, or things go for sale before this. Like, don't you think Donald Sterling wishes he sold the Clippers before that voicemail got leaked? Absolutely. And, like, like just to, like, add on to this, right? For Flores, mm-hmm. what does he have to gain right now? Well, he has everything to lose. <laughs> 
he's got everything to lose, but what does he have to gain? Now I'm looking at this and I, I'm saying to myself, well, his name's already been dragged through the mud. Everybody said how, how, uh, at least on the Miami side about, oh, he didn't agree with our, our philosophy. He wanted this guy instead of that, instead of Tua. Uh, I mean, felt like for a coach that everybody seemed to have loved, there was a lot of slander yeah. coming his way. Also, we haven't heard much from the players in his defense yet, so that's going to be another thing, and we probably won't hear too much because everything that's circulating with floor between floors and Tua kind of stifles that a little bit too. Maybe that narrative is wrong, though. That's kind of what I'm getting at here. It's like we don't actually know. Maybe, maybe behind closed doors, Miami isn't happy with Tua, right? Maybe I, I don't know. I'm just saying. I think it's going to be a developing story. I'll tell you who will speak of this story. It's going to be Miami free agents. Any free agent who hops to another team, they might, I'm not saying they're going to spill the beans, but they might give a couple of headline news or like little one or two tidbits that might kind of help piece this together. I don't know. This is going to be a fluid situation. I think this is going to open up a lot of doors. And unfortunately, there's going to be a lot of skeletons in those doors. Yeah, for sure. I don't. I, I agree with you though. Right now, the, the Rooney rule isn't working. It, 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 it's again, a I'm extortion all, to compensate somebody for doing what they're supposed to be doing, anyways. I'm all for choosing the best guy, regardless or girl. Yeah, I'm, I'm even going to say that. Uh, regarding, it doesn't matter their skin color, gender. It doesn't matter. You take the best person available for your job. That's right. hands down. That's the but when I see a lot of these retread coaches coming up and you have a guy like Eric Bieniemy, yeah, who hasn't even been interviewed. Yeah. It's a little funny. And I know this year with um, Mahomes' play, it kind of maybe created a bit of a negativity towards him. Sure. But regardless, like you, how do you go from being a candidate that everybody wanted to nobody even talking about? I haven't about even heard you. his name come I haven't even heard his name in an interview. Like that's no, how crazy it is. No, it's been two years now that Eric Bieniemy hasn't been interviewed no. for a position. Like it no. doesn't make sense. Um, then there's Cully. Like Cully did. I thought he did a pretty decent job in, in as a Texans uh, coach. And you know, there he goes. <laughs> He's yeah. gone. Yeah. And if you want to uh, keep it going and not to keep it just yeah. to the, but like Rich Passaccia, like he turned that franchise around in the midst of mayhem. And got them to the playoffs, but hey, That's, you're out too. Like it's it's a really weird system and a really weird boys club that they have going on with the NFL ownership and higher ups. Jim Caldwell, yep, another one. Jim Jim Caldwell <laughs> went to the Super Bowl with the Colts, and was actually the only coach in the last what 15, 20 years to get the Lions to <laughs> a winning record. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and they haven't been back since. No knock to Dan Campbell. I'm not saying that he's not totally capable of doing that because we see the seeds that are being planted in that franchise right now. And the kneecaps that are being broken. Being broken and chewed on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's a, it's, it's just a really, really weird position when you're like, hey, like we're going to hold this against you because for whatever reason. Yeah, I'm just. There's I'm, no way that we've gone this long and Eric B. Enemy shouldn't be coaching. I mean, look at all the names that I, 
Nathaniel Hackett got a job as an as a head coach before before the enemy. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's so strange right now. I, again, though, I don't want to start attacking guys who got jobs because. Right. right. I know. And that's the other thing. I don't want to say this to sound like I'm slamming. No, because like, yeah, I'm sure Hackett also paid his dues and stuff like that, but I I just find the whole situation's kind of shitty and it it needs to be brought to light more. I mean, we've talked about this guy too. Like Cliff Kingsbury, wasn't I, I've mentioned this multiple times was not a good college coach. He has a losing record in college mm-hmm. and yet he was hired to be an NFL head coach. It doesn't make sense. Right. I don't care how much of an offensive guru you are than be an offensive coordinator. Well, how like, it doesn't yeah, merit, earn, earn your you stripes. Know. Yeah. Go through the, go through I mean, the ringer like McVay, LaFleur and um, Shanahan did. Yeah. I, anyway, I don't want to, I can go on this topic for a while. So I, I won't, I won't go too far. The only thing I will say is conspiracy hat coming on here. Do you find it funny that Bill was the one that leaked this? I also had like, a, I'm like, hmm, do you think Bill's playing checkers here? And he's trying to get Flores back on his coaching staff. Yeah. I mean, well, listen, like, because that's I, the next thing that comes up is what does New England do as their OC? And it's not going to be Flores because we know Flores is very defensive minded. Maybe it is going to be Flores. We don't know. But Not, yeah, it's just it's just a weird thing to see, man. And maybe, but Bill's a genius, and unless he's tired of, I believe, no, Gerard Mayo is their linebacks coach, right? No. Yeah, he is. So he's not their defensive coordinator. Def- their defensive coordinator, I think, is uh, Bill's uh, son. Steve oh yeah, Belichick. Steve Steve Belichick. Yeah, no. So maybe maybe Bill's trying to pull him back into the reins and get him back in the room so that they can get some things aligned that were, you know, out of whack a little bit more and out of character for the New England defense. Not only that, I also think that like with McDaniels going over there, maybe McDaniels is looking at a couple of bodies of his that true are on the New England staff that he might want to bring over. I mean, Matt Patricia's still there too, right? I don't know how, but yeah. <laughs> Well, clearly, when Matt Patricia focuses on defense, his his defense is a little bit um, scarier than when he's a head coach. We'll say that because fair enough. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we're gonna have that. Same arg- de- we yeah. can make that same argument from what we saw of um, Josh McDaniels in his last head coaching job in Denver. <laughs> oh, there you go, there you go. Or that last job in Indy. Hey. I'm still scorned by that, but hey, we're here now. <laughs> oh, I hope that guy fails hard. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> well, I mean, the odds are in, a, in your favor for that wish. I mean, he has to face <laughs> Herbert and Mahomes twice a year, so yeah, exactly. All right, let's let's move on from this. Okay, let's go. NBA dunk competition competitors. Yeah, we have. Let me just get those. That's right, ones. boys and girls. We're talking NBA right now. Man, it's been a while since we've done that. So our, by the way, um, Brandon I have Ingram, them if you want to. Brandon Ingram just got ejected. Uh, Obi Toppin, Cole Anthony, Juan Toscano, Anderson, and Jalen Green. Right. Green's place for Houston. He was the fourth. All right. So Jalen Green was the second pick of the draft for the Houston Rockets. Cole Anthony plays for the Magic. Uh, Juan Toscano Anderson is a warrior, and then Obi Topin is a Nick. 
a, a Nick and he was supposed to win last year. He was the favorite going yeah. in. If, if I yeah. recall. Yes. All right. What do you think about this? What do you, how are you feeling about this trio? Or sorry. Um, I like, I like the, I like the young infusion of people in there. I think, I think Jalen Green's going to be the one that shows out though. I do too. I think if I have to put a little bit of money on this, I, I like him in this one. I'm 19 years old to 20 years old. I think he's probably going to step out of the normal box and add some creativity to this dunk competition. Uh, man, John Morant should be in this competition. It drives me insane. I, I can think of a few names. Yeah, John Morant should definitely be here. I know he'll never do it again. I wouldn't even be mad at DeMar DeRozan being in this because I remember his dunk contest back-to-back a couple of years, uh, about probably 11, 12 years ago now. But if It feels like it's just a rookie slash sophomore um, competition now. Yeah, like I've kind of given up now on, on asking the vets to take part in this. But, man, it would have been interesting. To, there's a couple of good young players that I think could have definitely have elevated in mm-hmm. this and and grew their brand but at the same time i mean this has been pointed out to me before by nba fans yes it's great but if you have a bad showing in this this could kind of hurt your brand image so sometimes it's better just not to take part a la nate robinson exactly not, not that he was bad in it just it took so many attempts that they had to change the rule. They're like, no, you have like a minute and a half to get your two dunks. And after three attempts, you're done. <laughs> so happens when you're five foot nine. <laughs> uh, so how do you feel about these four? Like, do you, do you catch that fade that? I think this is my favorite lineup in a little bit. Actually. I do too. I do too. I don't know much about uh, Toscano Anderson. I mean, I've, I've seen him play a bit, but like, I don't know. Uh, not not well versed his... in his dunks. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not well. Yeah. Ver- I don't know. If, and that's the other thing, though, too, because when we get to these events, you got to remember we're looking for creative dunkers, not just the best in-game dunker, because that changes things, too. Exactly. Okay. Anything else in the NBA that you want to address? Do you want to talk about? Nope. Just we're getting the... into we're getting into the trade deadline, trade deadline soon, soon man. Uh Ben Simmons is, seems to be staying put. The Kings are out of the pursuit for him outside of that. Currently, the Raptors are up seven on the Miami Heat. Mm-hmm. And anything. Oh, uh, I wanted to shout out both Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet. Mm-hmm. They, through the month of January, hold on, let me just pull up the site. Okay. So, yeah, through the month of through the month of January, they tattled, they wow, tallied 325 mm-hmm. points and 100 assists. They are the third duo to do so in the NBA since the NBA ABA merger. The first time it was Johnson and Nixon in 1979, in 1992, Jordan and Pippen, and now 30 years later, Siakam and Van Vliet. Nice, that's awesome. Uh, I've got some trade whispers, we'll say. What you hear about uh, Jalen Brown? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing on Jalen Brown. All right, good. <laughs> I've got that the New York Pelicans are reportedly very high on CJ McCollum to play alongside Ingram and Zion. 
Zion's leaving. <laughs> I hate to burst their bubble. Yeah, I do too. So yeah, that's one. Two, I've got the Wizards want to move Dinwiddie. Oh wow. Yeah, he just hasn't been fitting in very well with Washington sliding. I know Washington started off really strong this year. They've kind of taken the gas and have slid down the, the standings. I think he would honestly, I think he could benefit a playoff team. Like he could be a good, maybe off the bench type of player for sure for them. Uh, I also have here that the Clippers have made Eric Bledsoe, Serge Ibaka, and Marcus Morris available for trade ahead of the deadline. You think the Raptors make a push to get back Serge? I was going to say this. Would it shock you, though, if Serge is a Raptor again? No. For me, no. 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 I just... But then there's also some, like, other teams, too, that I think could take a chance on Serge. Like, I could see Serge going to the Warriors. For sure. And not for nothing, and just because I brought up the Raptors before, they have a really good young core and young pieces at the big man position. I don't think they want to necessarily disrupt that, even though a good veteran presence might uh, just out of stable. He could be like Udonis Haslam, but I don't think Serge Ibaka necessarily desires that at this point in his career yet. Speaking on the Raptors, it's believed that Goran Dragic would be bought out by the team that acquires him should a trade materialize. Makes sense. That's the karma of him saying those comments that he said at the when he first got traded to the Raptors. Yeah, it just hasn't worked out for him. And I wasn't really in favor of when they got him, but you were very I, vocal on that too, actually. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I just didn't think it was a good idea. I I know that what they were trying I saw what they were trying to do. I just didn't think it was going to work. When you when you have a player that has been in a location for a very long time and he's kind of set in stone, like he doesn't really want to leave, but then because he doesn't have a no movement clause, he, he does get dealt. Yeah, It never ends up good for that. Like I could see him getting bought out and signing back with Miami, honestly. Right. right. Another thing too I want to – there's a couple of other little stories that I want to just shine a light on. There has been uh, a couple of reports that say that Ben Simmons was upset that Embiid seemed to have blamed him for last season's playoff loss, but Simmons felt that he's kind of being slighted because when Embiid struggled against the Raptors, he didn't blame him. Fair enough. I mean, but the consistency factor behind that is the argument because Embiid shows up and, you know, Ben, like, we all saw the play ben on ben, the bench. Ben, ben on the bench, and we all saw the play last year. Like he had the wide open dunk, and he just passed the ball away. Like it, there's some judgment things there, but I also don't want to necessarily kill Ben because he's so young in his career, mm-hmm. and there's still time for him to get to the actual expectation or be the player that people thought he would be with that high of a draft pick. You know, um, I, I'm hoping to be wrong about Ben Simmons, but right now the look is not good. And I can't really see many teams being like, why would we want the guy that when he's criticized and not for nothing, it's, and I'll s- gladly speak as an Eagles fan at this point, but like the market in Philadelphia is not an easy place to pay for. Like 
Mm-hmm. They want your heart. They want your soul. They, that's when they'll ride for you. Yeah, they'll tell you you're shit or you suck, but they just wear like, just wear your sleeve. Out. Ride, like, just... But wear your sleeve out. Put your heart in your sleeve, and when it shows up and the timing's right, they'll ride for you just as hard as they dissed you too. Yeah, play for the logo, not the name in the back. That's right. Yeah. Um, no, I mean that makes sense, and honestly, as a as a fan base, that's what I would want to. It's just like we've talked about with basketball it's just so tough now to cheer for teams when players are moving constantly mm-hmm. uh okay i got a couple of, i got two more for you here okay. this is via bleacher report anthony edwards was quoted as saying in five years i want to be the face of the league and have a couple of mvps by then and have a ring in five years i would expect to go to the finals for sure how do you like that confidence from a guy it. who's second year player in the league I, I love it, and he should feel that way. Because, but we got to be realistic. Do we see the Minnesota Vikings turning around in the next three to four years? Let's say three to four. Uh, the Vikings or the Timberwolves? Because Timberwolves. I, I'm going to say both of them. No. <laughs> Either way, they both um, are no. <laughs> actually, you know what? Right now, the Timberwolves are sitting seventh in the West. Now okay. it's it's still very early, but. They have some pieces. It's just a matter of like getting them all a to be on the floor at the same time and b to have that chemistry. So, I mean, is it possible that they have some some success in terms of like just making the playoffs? And yes, but down the road, do I see them going to finals or anything like that? No, I don't. No, you're you're hundred percent right. But you know, kudos to this guy for keeping that energy. Oh, for sure. Can't ever be mad at that. I mean, show it as you show up. Like we said, it's why you're expected to be the player that you are. Uh, I just want to stick with the Wolves, and this is the last story I want to I want to end on here. This was via Draymond Green's show. Uh, Zach Levine was on, and he was talking about playing with the All Star starter Andrew Wiggins and Cat realistically we only had two to three years everybody wanted the process to happen so fast and let's be good so fast i don't think they let it marinate enough for us to really see what could have been Mm -hmm. you're talking about three all-stars like yeah thinking about that now does does this kind of feel like a watered down version of the okc team uh watered down watered down yes and no because I think that the big problem that came and this happens sometimes, and this is maybe why we're seeing so many athletes not participate in things like the dunk contest where you kind of get stuck in that box. And mm-hmm. Zach Levine for a really long time was stuck in that box of, Oh, well, he's a dunker. Yeah. And, now and then he, all of a sudden he could shoot a three and everybody's like, huh? <laughs> oh, Oh, he had a 50 point game. Yeah. Oh, he, he's a good perimeter shooter. He can play defense. Like it, it really changed around the narrative and he just had to get to the right scene for it. But, and most importantly, and you know me and the listenership mm-hmm. has heard me say this, the function, this function starts at the top. Mm-hmm. So we've seen Kevin Garnett's public gripes with the Minnesota Timberwolves and why it's been the way it is to the point that he can't even be considered an ownership for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. But no, I still think that this function starts at the top, and um, 
there's a lot of little, little things that they still have to get right. But they seem to be on the right foot. They seem to be like, they have no problem drafting talent. I just think that the biggest issue is that they don't know how to actually use that talent to its full potential. It's pretty easy to draft talent when you finish the bottom of the league year after year after year. I mean, that's why you also drop like, draft like top five every year too, right? So right, Exactly. He touched upon Andrew Wiggins though. Uh, Andrew Wiggins is actually having a breakout year, but do you think he actually deserves to be an NBA all-star starter? Starter. See, that's the, that's the part where it can get iffy, but middle of the year, this type of a showing out from Andrew Wiggins, which nobody really saw. Nobody thought he'd be that big a name with, you know, the names that they are, have already already relevant. Mm-hmm. So it's a tough place to be, man, honestly. Honestly, uh, like, my opinion is like, do I think he's a starter? No, I will fade that. But I do think he's an NBA all-star. He's helped them. Uh, he's helped them out, especially when Draymond went down. Mm-hmm. I mean, he quickly became Steph's number two until obviously now that Clay's back. Uh, Clay's back. But I mean, even with Clay back, he's still playing pretty well, if I'm not mistaken here. Dude, he just last night he put up 20 points himself. Yeah, like he's been pretty solid this season. Want me a little guala too with that. Yeah. He's averaging 18.3 points per game, four rebounds, two assists. I mean, it's not, is it all-star numbers? Not really, but let's be honest, this is also a fan game and and the fans voted him in. Mm-hmm. So, you know what? If the fans want him in, let them have him. Give the fans what they want. Exactly. I mean, what, like, he's not going to hurt a team that selects him. No. In the All-Star game, right? Like, he's still a quality player. And it's also nice, you know, it's, it's a Canadian boy. We have For to sure. give him his props. And the fact is that I think you could get away from the narrative that and that says that he was a first round bust. He's he's clearly not a bust. He he's worked his way out of that category. Yes. I can I concur with that. Yeah. So I, I will give him I'll give him that. All right. Last catch or fade is DeMar DeRozan the MVP front runner. So I pose this question. He should be up there. And yeah. if he's not up there the only name that I would put ahead of him is probably Steph. Yeah. I think Steph. Yeah. I think it would be Steph. And I think Embiid too has to be number two up there as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, what he's doing in, in Philly right now is unheard of. He's putting up huge numbers for them. I didn't net out. And to be honest, he's doesn't have a running mate, right? Right. <laughs> like he has no second superstar to, to carry the load when he's not playing. Um, Jokic too has also been very good, but very. I, I do agree with you. I think DeRozan deserves to get some flowers, but uh, I like. I have to say, Steph and and Embiid are probably probably my one two right now. Fair enough. All right. Anything else you want to add before we wrap this up? Music. Uh, just we have a two chains album coming out. We have a Yo Gotti album coming out both this Friday and rumors are circulating between this Friday and next Friday that there's a Kendrick Lamar single coming out, which lines up perfectly with the Super Bowl. I hope Kendrick drops Friday. It would be awesome that I could 
listen to that on the plane ride. <laughs> oh, that'd be I'm great. Speaking, yeah, I'm speaking just from personal experience. Please drop on Friday as much as possible. Oh man. It's gonna be great though. Like honestly, like Super Bowl's two weeks away. We got NBA trade deadline. We have NBA uh, all-star game coming up. This is the best time for sports fans, or one of the best times, I should say. Enjoy, everybody. This is the Two Point Culture, and we are out. Peace.